What's hot in the strip clubs? Your hosts, the 2016 and 2017 recipients of the Exotic Dancer Publications DJ of the Year Award, Danny Myers and Alan Fong. Welcome to Behind the Curtain, a What's Hot in the Strip Clubs podcast on the Pantheon Podcast Network. I'm your host, Elon Fong. Uh, what we're doing today on Behind the Curtain is we're going to uh, pull the curtain back on the strip club industry for you non-strip club listeners. Uh, by doing this, we're going to bring you DJs, managers, other people who work in the industry and unique personalities to show you the incredibly fascinating uh, business that it is and legit business that it is, and you get to meet some of the people behind it. Uh, today's guest is uh, an incredible DJ, first of all. He's at the world-famous 11 Miami, which opened in February of 2014. He's been the resident DJ there soon after it opened. We'll get into that with him in a little bit. I would like to introduce to you Todd Gray, better known as his DJ moniker, Mr. Gray, and that's G-R-A-Y, not E-Y. A lot of people yeah. screw that up all the time. <laughs> Todd, welcome to the show. Hi, how's it going? Good, man. I'm so excited to have you on. Now, I met you back in when my first trip to Miami in, to 11 in 2015. You were gracious enough to let me hang out in the booth with you and uh, watch you rock the crowd and and listen to your great remixes. I was shazamming all freaking night long. And bought <laughs> a ton of, ton of stuff you bought, you played back to my club, Cahoots. Um, I think I first found out about you. I can't remember the remix, but someone played a remix or shared a remix you had done in the Panda Group. And I was like... Oh man, this is dope. Like your trap remixes were fire. And uh, so I went down the SoundCloud rabbit hole and found you and just started downloading and ripping everything I could from you. And you, your music became a staple at my club up in Columbus, Ohio. So thank you for that. Awesome. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for supporting and playing the music that I make. You know, I I started making edits and remixes to be different than everybody else. And then uh, I just started sharing them because why not? You know, well, you you definitely you definitely were different, man. You're, the energy in your tracks to me are perfect for a strip club. Let's let's start with uh, eleven, and then we'll get into your other your sort of beginning of your DJ career. But I want to talk about eleven first. So people who don't know what eleven is uh, in my audience, let me explain. Eleven Miami, and it's E the number eleven E V E N, uh, is the world's first and only. Well, certainly at the time, that's changing now. Everyone's trying to copy what they do. <laughs> 24-7 <laughs> Ultra Club. It's a yeah. destination that brings out top celebrities, athletes, musicians, and DJs. I mean, dude, the A-list celebrities they have out there is like Drake, Leonardo DiCaprio, Kendall yeah. Jenner, Nicki Minaj, Usher, uh, Miley Cyrus, Nicki Jam, great DJs like Tiesto. Mr. Gray, of course, is the resident DJ there. It's a lifestyle thing. It's 24-7. They started penthouses now. They have great food. Any time of day, something unique is going on. It's one of the coolest nightclub experiences you will ever have. I highly recommend you visit. So the question is, how did you get that gig? Did you audition? What 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 happened there? Um. Well, I used to be with a uh, an agency that would book me at various uh, places in Miami, and uh, they happened to have uh, an opportunity for one of their DJs to play at eleven. They had opened up about two months prior and I know they were trying to switch things up um, and get some local guys in there that were, you know, pretty, you know, somewhat known, but the, I was the only one on, on their roster at the time that could do a full set of house or up-tempo top 40, stuff like that. And uh, at the time I was making hip hop, integrated with house music so it worked out um and about 30 minutes into my set uh danny solomon 
one of the partners came up to me. He's like, Hey, do you want to play here every week? I'm like, yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> what so that was it. Like literally the next Wednesday I started playing every Wednesday. Now. So that's great. So people who have not been to 11, it's yes. It started like Dennis DeGory, the guy who created the concept was a, is a strip club legend. He opened, I worked with him out in Las Vegas at his club, uh, club paradise back in 99 and 2000. And mm-hmm. uh, he always had these great ideas and you could see even at club paradise, the beginnings of what became 11. He had, uh, they had their own showgirls out there, like certain slay type showgirls choreography every night. Um, they, the energy, the music was super high energy, a nightclub sort of format, open format, but uh, you know, that that all that concept is the beginnings of it, right? And then he took that and morphed it a thousand times more and did amazing things with Eleven. Um, so I say it's a strip club and it does have topless dancers entertainment, but it's so much more than that. But so you you had never DJed a strip club before, right? Um, before that, I mean, I think I'm I probably had done like Monroe's before that. Okay. And- yeah, Monroe's been open for 10 years now. So I definitely played at Monroe's before, like when they first had opened up. Um, but yeah, it was, I, I think I might have played at three strip clubs before okay. that. I was I was a nightclub and and bar slash uh cocktail lounge DJ, you know. Okay. Like I, that's what I did. I I did nightclubs and uh I never had thought about DJing at a strip club and <laughs> Most people still, still, some people don't know that it's a strip club. Right. Uh, shout out to Monroe's, another great strip club in West Palm Beach. Uh, love that club as well. Uh, shout out to Jimmy. Jimmy Boucher's up there too. He's a great <laughs> DJ and personality. Now, let me explain to our audience one of the differences in Eleven. So, when you, most of you guys, if you've ever been to a strip club, you know you hear the DJ. He's an MC, right? There's a lot of talking on the mic because you have to call up girls and introduce girls. Um, so, you know, you hear that guy, "Hey, welcome to Eleven, blah 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 blah." Now, you don't do any of the MCing there, right? There is no MCing. That's all. what I thought, which yeah. gets me to the big question. Every Panda, which is Professional Adult Nightclub DJ Association, a group of 1,300 strip club DJs, and everyone asks all the time, and there's myths and rumors, and now you can clear it up. How in God's name do you do a stage rotation? And let me explain stage rotation real quick to my audience. The stage rotation uh, at nightclubs, you might have two, four, six, ten stages where you're calling up a girl, uh, an entertainer, dancer, every song. And so usually the DJ is up there you know, saying, hey, here comes Beth on stage five, Elizabeth on stage eight, Rick, Daryl, you know, whatever, <laughs> calling up girls all the time. You don't do that. So who runs the, how does the rotation work, the stage rotation at 11? So that's done by the, uh, what's called a handler. Okay. Um, basically they have an iPad and they have their, you know, the girls that are popping in from each stage. Uh, so we have three stages there. Uh, they start off on the stage that's furthest away from the DJ booth and they come up to the stage that's uh, kind of like right in the middle of the club and then they go to the main stage. Okay. Um, and basically they have somebody escorting them. They have a certain amount of time that they have on the stages. So it's basically separated into time and not songs because I know at most strip clubs, I actually DJed at Scores okay. uh, last month and you know did the whole you know normal strip club thing where i talked on the mic and did all that and um it it was actually the first time i ever did that that's cool well well hey you're officially a panda now (laughs) yeah right (laughs) uh they loved me over there and troy collier who's uh you know their main guy over there now um you know he's like look whenever you want to come back you can come back but you know i play basically three to three and a half minute songs 
and talking between songs. That's what's been, you know, that's how it's been in strip clubs forever. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Right. As long as I can, at least. At 11, though, you can mix in and mix out. You don't have to play a three-minute song, right? Oh, yeah. No, we play like a nightclub. Okay. That's what I thought. Oh, so it's basically time based. So Got even it. when they're getting lap dances and stuff like that, um, it's based on time. So let me clarify again for the for the listeners. So at a normal strip club, not 11, you know, uh, the song length is based on how long a private dance is. So we do three minute songs, roughly three to three and a half minute songs. So your songs are always played that long at 11. He can play it in like a nightclub, just mix in and out when he wants uh, to get the dance floor moving and there's guys the vip hosts are keeping uh time on a clock and they let you know when the dance ends via time so just to clarify that for our listeners now uh as i mentioned you guys get major a-list celebrities you've opened up and dj'd with and for everybody from tiesto to you know snoop dogg 50 cent lil wayne drake etc cetera, etc cetera. uh what uh so what well, i guess what what's your favorite story involving djing for a major artist what's what's the craziest thing you've had happen for you at 11 gosh uh <laughs> i don't know about the craziest thing but uh 50 cent called me the worst dj ever which was kind of interesting so uh, I have what happened picture, i have a picture of him and i on my instagram that 
we're both smiling and yeah. he's like looking at my laptop as I'm about to choose the next song. And he had just finished up with his performance mm-hmm. and he whispered into my ear. He's like, you have no idea what you're about to play, do you? And I'm like, I actually do. And both our smiles were like condescending Thanks. smiles. <laughs> That's we awesome. look like we're best friends. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So last minute I ended up being his DJ for his performance. Okay. He sent me over five songs mm-hmm. and I'm like, all right, let's do it. Not a problem. Right. So I play the five songs and he wanted to do more. Well, the first song that he asked to do after the five that he wanted, I did not have. Okay. So we, it took us like 30 seconds to get it, to download it and, and get it on, but he got frustrated in the meantime. Right. So that started the frustration. We started up and um, basically within that time and like the next song, he like said something about me being the worst DJ. And I just laughed because I know better than that. Yeah. Hell no. Yeah. I I play at 11 for a reason. I'm yeah. Right. (laughs) Quite often for a reason. They trust me opening for Tiesto and opening and closing for, you know, rappers for Latin artists for everybody because I can play everything. And I know that there's a reason for that. They trust me for a reason. So I just laughed at it and uh, it was, it was pretty funny at the time, but um, you know, it was a little bit frustrating that I didn't have the song and that things went the way that they did, but uh, you know, I'm a professional. I know how to let it slide off my shoulder and um, it was no big deal. And after that, I, I closed out the the night and did a great job and had a lot of fun. Rock the house. That's right. That's what we do. Had a good story to go along with it. You know what I'm saying? Amen. And, you know, uh, some, some of my friends said that they've had that happen to, to them with 50 cent where he's trolled the DJ and it's like, uh, whatever. A lot, a lot of, a lot of hip hop guys tend to troll the DJ. It's always our fault. Not, even with the girls, it's always our fault. You know, for our listeners, again, we always are flying by the seat of our pants. Uh, every strip club in the world, you're doing all these events, whether it's a bachelor party or a, um, feature show or, an amateur night and things never go as planned or you have a big party and you're doing a Halloween costume or contest or something. And you always yeah. have to improvise and be able to just roll with it, man. That's a big part of the job without a doubt, except you just do it on another level. All right. Let's <laughs> uh, dig a little deeper into Mr. Todd Dre having a great time with you, by the way. Uh, let me ask you this. Let's start here. What artist started your love for music? Wow. My love for music. Yeah. Like when you were a kid, like what made you go, uh, like for me, it was Van Halen <laughs> in 1978. Uh, I mean, I honestly listened to a lot of Poison. That was my favorite band nice. growing up. Yeah. So like I was really into Poison, Cinderella, White Snake, yes. uh, pretty much the 80s rock. Um, yeah. Then what really made me fall in love with uh, like DJing and mm-hmm. that was my next question. Music in that aspect is uh, I think really icy dj icy yeah that he watching him play on three turntables uh was and and seamlessly you know not making any mistakes he was he was what got me really excited about djing and wanted me to you know i wanted to take it further than what i had already done my father was 
a DJ like as a hobby. So we okay. we always had turntables in the house and records and stuff. So that's awesome. Yeah, and I was in band when I was in middle school and high school. So I was in marching in symphonic band and jazz band and played instruments and did all that stuff. So music's always been a part of my life. Um, you know, I I can thank my mom for that. She played guitar and violin. So wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely so. a musical family. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, what, uh, so beyond DJ Icy, who else as you, as you started coming up in the DJ world, were there any mentors who really kind of helped you out and, and guided you or, or, or lit the fire even more? Oddly enough, no, no mentors. Really? Okay. Uh, there were guys that I looked up to, uh, DJ Craze and Qbert, uh, for oh, the yeah. tableist aspect of it. Um, Edgar V, who's a local guy, mm -hmm. uh, he, I looked up to him because he, I lit, heard him a ton of times and never heard a mistake ever. Wow. And I, I took that and I'm like, this is what I want to be. I want to strive to be perfect like that. Right. And if you ever hear me live, it's going to be as close to perfect as possible. You're seamless. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I, you know, I want it to be seamless but i also want it to be very fun and energetic because there are djs that don't mix well but they play the songs at the right times and it creates a, a different kind of energy than right. uh, a seamless mix or you know even with wordplay i try to make it as seamless as possible and you know i take my djing similar to uh production music production i make sure that you know, I, I mix in when it needs, needs to be mixed in. Like I had, I've had DJs open up for me or close or even guest DJs at 11 that just there's two measures off. Like they're cutting songs off at the wrong times. And right. I'm just, I think to myself, do they not know music theory? Like, <laughs> that's just basic music theory to me. Right. Right. You know, right. You know I get else, it. It's, it's different, but you know, when I teach people, how to DJ, I tell them, you know, you have a four count, you have an eight count, you know, if you're playing house music, sometimes you'll have a 16 or 32 count, right. you know, and I break it down into measures. I okay. don't say 32 count. I say you have eight measures, you have 16 measures. And a lot of them don't even know what that is. So I tell them, right. I'm like, look here, go look up music theory basics and start there. That's yeah. it. Just start with music theory basics and that'll get you started and the proper mixing, uh, having proper mixing abilities like I have, because right. that's how I look at things. And then I'll take it a step further. And, you know, I'll, if you listen properly to my mixes, there's a reason why I'm playing each song after each other. Sure. Not, you're not going to listen to my mix and say, why, why did he mix that into this? There's a reason, you know, whether it's, going from reggae to Latin or Latin to hip hop or hip hop to house or whatever. There's some sort of correlation between the two songs. There's 100%. some kind of, whether it's a, a date, maybe there are all, you know, both early two thousands R and B rap. And I transition into a remix, a house remix of uh, early two thousands R and B or rap record there, you know, that there's a reason why I did that. Yeah, no, and for sure. They have to match the same energy. I even go as far as matching the same, uh, you know, sound quality. Yeah. Because some songs are a little more bass heavy than other songs. So I don't want them to be too 
drastically different. I want it to sound as perfect as possible. I'm glad you mentioned that. I uh, First of all, one of my mentors and idols was DJ Vice, and he does what oh. I call dynamic mixing. He's so good at changing genres, changing beats, changing sounds. And even when I DJed, um, I always thought, like if I was going to a rock set, because I knew a rock girl coming up, I would make sure I played like Prince or Michael Jackson who had some live guitar in the track just to lay the seed for what's coming next. Right. And yep. then it was not as jarring. And then sometimes there's a, there's a time to just be jarring and shock people and go from one genre to bam, slam into the next. Like uh, one of my favorite moments I saw vice do was a packed club. And it was like seeing him only in Vegas. And he's looking at me, he goes, watch this. And he, and he went into, and he told the light guy to get ready and he went full lights and he went into uh wham, careless whisper the sax oh part da, 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 right and the crowd stopped and there was a you could hear a pin drop for a second and they were like and they had to process it and then they yeah. went oh and then everyone started singing along and then you know lights on him and he's like mock slow dancing and <laughs> everyone started slow yeah, dancing I mean, and it was perfect and he stayed worked. there for 30 seconds and then went out but the place then he went high energy and the place went off you know what i mean yeah. but yeah that's uh, very smart and you know, only certain DJs can do stuff like that. Yeah. I call and it dynamic. DJs try to take those, those risks. That's a risk, you know, Yeah, because if it doesn't go well, it kind of sucks. Yeah. But I've at the same happen. time, I'm sure he had an option ready if it didn't go well, you know, right. I always do. Like if I take a risk and try a song that may not work, I already have one or two backups ready to go. That's high energy that I know everybody's going to like. You know, I, I love that, you know, at 11, you get to pick the music. And a lot of strip clubs nowadays, the girls end up picking the music. So there's a whole generation of DJs who aren't learning to read a room or do the sort of things we're talking about because they're sort of a slave to make money to play exactly what the girls want, right? Yeah. And I know for me, I've ne I never worked at a club where that was true. I always had complete control of the format. And uh, my my greatest moment for me was uh, packed night, Saturday night, 1 a.m. And I, I just had a, I played... Uh, the tokens, the lion sleeps tonight. And I started fading oh, into, wow. you know, that part. Yeah. Everyone's kind of looking around like, is that what I think it is? And everyone in the front row on the stage got up and started doing the Wima Waps, a Wima Wap, a oh, Wima Wap, like God. loud enough over the music. And I'm like, yes. And at first, the girl's like, what are you doing? But then when they saw that, they started having fun with it. And then I yeah. dropped into the circle of life with a high energy remix of that, but just, you know, the yeah. acapella part, the hey, and they lost their minds. They're like, oh. <laughs> and then when the beat dropped everyone just started throwing money and jumping up and down so it was that was my greatest moment as a dj i can't believe i pulled off uh yeah, lion sleeps awesome. tonight <laughs> yeah i mean, that's that's definitely i i actually played that in band in high school right? <laughs> everyone knows the song though yeah right? and yeah. we've been having fun all night so i felt like oh this audience gets it they're letting me do whatever so i'm like i'm just going through tracks trying to find some old to play and i'm like hmm let me try this <laughs> and it worked Great. That's awesome that it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It so, feels so good when something like that happens. Right? I still remember it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I said, it was one of the highlights of my DJ career. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, what drove you to become a producer then? So you've been DJing a while, you know, and you're you're obviously killing it in Miami, one of the top club cultures in the world. And you decided to become a producer. When did the transition from DJ to producer start? So I actually started producing music um probably in my early twenties. Um, I had gotten like an MPC 2000. This was when I was really heavy into the quote unquote rave scene. And um, 
still listening to breaks, drum and bass, trance, like pretty much any form of electronic dance music. I was, okay. um, and I kind of just wanted to see if I could make it myself. And I bought some keyboards, 303 and, um, just started messing around. I didn't really take it seriously, which is unfortunate, uh, because I ended up selling all the stuff. I actually, <laughs> at one point in my mid twenties, I quit DJing. I stopped oh, wow. producing, like sold all my equipment, all my turntables, sold everything. You know, I had, a, I had just had a kid. So I had to like, you know, I had to Gotta figure something up. out, you know, I was struggling. Yeah. I had to pay rent. So, you know, things just worked out that way. And I slowly got back into it. Um, what is your uh, preferred production platform right now? Uh, yeah. So Ableton now, um, originally I started off with, uh, with Cubase and acid pro and, uh, I used reason a lot as well. And then I got to a point where, uh, I had to switch to Ableton because acid pro couldn't do the things that I needed it to do. So okay. uh, I switched over probably, I don't know, eight years ago, nine years ago, something like that. I love Ableton, man. I love his capabilities. Uh, so I have a question for you. So let me explain something to our audience again. So there's bootlegs and there's official remixes. Bootlegs are when the DJ producer takes a track he loves, finds an acapella or creates an acapella, which is just the vocals and creates new beats and takes imp implements some of the uh, instrumentation from the original track, but then adds his own and just creates his own uh, soundscape for it. And then you have the official remix, which is, licensed and um approved by the original artist he's done both and mr gray does great remixes whether they're official whether they're bootlegs are phenomenal <laughs> but what is your goal particularly when you're doing um an official remix what is sort of your goal in the remix or, or how how you know what i mean how do you go about that what's your sort of vision when you do that normally a a lot of it has to do with how i'm feeling at the time honestly um I predominantly like house music and I like trap. So yep, I love most trap. of the stuff that I do is, is going to be based off of that, off of things that I love. And uh, most of the time, what I create the labels, like some, a couple of times I've had labels come back to me and say that it's a certain thing needs to change or they they're looking for a specific sound. And I'm perfectly fine with that. You know, sure. as a graphic designer, I had to deal with, you know, people that know what they didn't want, but didn't know what they wanted. You know what I'm saying? Sure, so, absolutely. Uh, dealing with people in that, uh, in that aspect, uh, I never have a problem with changing things. Uh, it's, it's never a big deal. If it's an original production, that that's a different story because it's my original production. Right. If it's a remix for a label, they're looking for a specific sound. And uh, until I get to the point in my career where they're coming after me for my specific sound that I need to do what they want me to do. Yeah, of course. Basically. Now, but with bootlegs, I, sorry, I go ahead. To, for the most part, I want people to dance to it. Right. You know, it's our job, right? Enjoy it. With bootlegs, do you try and like stick to the, a melodic theme from the original? Um, or, you know what I mean? Like, I always, my favorite bootlegs have like a key melodic the main melody element even if they're using totally different instrumentation but something like nods back to either a vocal melody or a guitar melody or something you know what i mean yeah when i do it sometimes i do stick to the the same main melody or at least like the uh the cadence of the vocals or something like that uh but 
it's not something that I strive for. Like I know yeah. Joe Maz is very good at that. Yeah. He, Love Maz stuff. A lot of his remixes uh, use the same melody, but just different instrumentation. And yeah. he's great. He's phenomenal. Yeah. 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 All right, man. Hey, uh, we're going to have more with Mr. Gray in just a minute. We'll be right back right after this. All right, we're back with Mr. Gray, Todd Gray, on Behind the Curtain Podcast. You can find us at www.whatshotitsc.com and all major podcast platforms. Uh, welcome back with Mr. Todd Gray. We're in the second part of the interview now. Uh, we were talking about remixing and bootlegs and all that, so I have to ask you, what artist would be your dream artist to collab with or do a remix for that you haven't done because you've done a lot of people? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a good question. Um as a rapper, probably T.I. Okay. Uh, definitely my favorite rapper as far as uh, lyrical content and just uh, the way he flows. Um, on the electronic side of it, I'd have to say probably Fatboy Slim. Oh, God, yeah. That'd be a blast. <laughs> yeah, I would love to hear you do a Mr. Gray trap remix of uh, whatever you like, T.I. That'd be dope. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Man, I don't know. I've never touched that. Right, and I want Honestly, to. Come I, I think I, I was going to, but then I'm like, no. I mean, the original just is good as it is. Like it is, and then for clubs that need that big energy, it'd be great if you just, true. just say, yeah. just say. It depends <laughs> on the club, right? <laughs> All right, so uh, you've DJed eleven. You've DJed. What's your favorite strip club uh, other than eleven <laughs> uh, to DJ at, or even and just to visit? Even like where have you had the most fun? Uh, I honestly don't visit strip clubs. Like, okay. Not like I very rarely went to strip clubs before going to 11 and DJing at 11. Okay. Uh, I think I might've been to strip clubs 10 times in my life before that. And that was, I, I was 33. No, <laughs> I was 35 when I started DJing at 11. Jesus. Wow. That's crazy. Time flies, man. You're still there and still kicking ass. I know that. Yeah. Much. Right. Uh, what other um, nightclubs? What what are what are your what other nightclubs are some of your favorite nightclubs to either visit or DJ at? Uh, I really love DJing at Dare at the Hard okay. Rock in Hollywood, um, Hollywood, Florida. By the way, people. Yes, yes. They have. <laughs> uh, I always have a lot of fun at their pool parties. Um, I play pretty much all house music, so it's a lot of fun. So it's the pool parties that is that a different? Do you approach that differently? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, you know, I usually open up for big, you know, headliners and stuff like that. Okay. So, uh, I can kind of ease my way into it. I'll play you know, a lot of deep house and vocal house to begin with, and then kind of build it up from there. Um, but it's definitely, I, I take a different approach at pool parties than I do at a nightclub for sure. All right, man. It's time to have a little fun now. We're going to play 10 questions. These are modified questions made famous by Bernard Pivot and James <laughs> Lipton on Inside the Actor Studio. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Just off the top of your head, what is your favorite word? I have no idea. First one that comes to mind. <laughs> never even thought of that. Um, I don't know. My girlfriend could probably help with that. <laughs> Give me a word. What, what do you what, word do you use a lot? Shit. Shit. Okay, we'll come back to that. What is your <laughs> least honestly, favorite I word? Use that a lot. Yeah, what is your sure. least favorite word? I'd have to say boss. Boss. Okay. What turns? Sorry. What turns you on, creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? 
Uh, loud moaning. <laughs> what turns you off? I don't know. A finger in the butt, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite curse word, Mr. Gray? Fuck, definitely. Fuck, okay, all right. Uh, what sound or noise do you love? A siren. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what sound or Not noise do one. you hate? <laughs> <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate? Uh, I'd have to say uh, probably like uh, a fork on a plate. Oh, okay. Okay. I get that. I get that. Well, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Uh, pit master, barbecue pit master. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. actually currently in the process. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Uh, what profession would you not like to do ever? Changing the light bulb on those poles that are like a mile in the in the sky. Have you ever seen those videos? That's craziness. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the best answer I've ever heard. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the big one. If heaven exists, Mr. Gray, what musician or artist would you most like to jam with when you uh, reach heaven? DJ AM, for sure. DJ AM. Yeah, great answer. Vice, that Vice was his protege. So he's yeah. shared some great stories about AM with me. Well, hey, man, I want to thank you for coming on. But before we sign off, I got to ask you what uh, any releases, tour dates, shows you want to promote while you're on here? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I have an album that's coming out. I haven't Ooh. set a release date, but it's something that I actually created over the quarantine and uh, during the whole pandemic thing. And it's it's based off of the music that I love. Fatboy Slim, Moby, Chemical Brothers, basically like that. It's the one I've heard then, right? The one you sent me? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I sent you to it. I can tell people it is awesome. So Big yeah. Beat is back with Mr. Dre. <laughs> that. Uh, uh, yeah, so that and then uh, I'm actually going to be in Ohio at the end of March. Where? Um, Cleveland? Columbus? God. I'm playing in Columbus. That's uh, my town. I will be there. Playing at Seesaw. What date? Uh, I think it's March 24th. My birthday is March 13th. So I'll come up and we'll celebrate my birthday. Yeah. So I'll be up there for that. Oh, dude, I'm stoked. You're in my town. This is awesome. All right. Uh, what about your socials or website? Anything you can uh, have people can connect with you with? Yeah. Uh, website is mrgraymusic.com. And then uh, social media is at DJ Mr. Gray. That's DJ M I S T E R G R A Y. Ay, you got that right, people. Go follow him. Go download his music. Stream his music. His productions are dope. I promise you. If you're a DJ and you're not playing him in your set, when you do, it's going to change your room. I promise. Mr. Gray, thank you so much for coming on behind the curtain. It's been a pleasure, man. We got to do this thank again. You, Thanks for listening to What's Hot in the Strip Clubs with Danny Myers and Alon Fong, presented by Panda and Strip Joints Music. You can find us on all major podcast platforms. Thanks for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 